Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Operation Grassroots, presented by Briggs & Stratton, of course, here on the EKN Radio Network. My name is Rob Howden. This is episode number three, as I said, April 26, 2018, the recording date. Uh, my guest today from Cup Carts North America, Greg Jasperson, and I'll bring Greg in in a couple seconds, but of course, wanting to set the platform here right now. Cup Carts North America. Those of you who have followed Bregs 206 Racing over the last number of years, that may be new to you a little bit if you're not actually from the area. It's essentially the 206 Cup program. Uh, they had to make some changes in the offseason to rebrand it, um, just some confusing with Briggs & Stratton. That's uh, something they've done here in the offseason. So Cup Carts North America. Bottom line is, it's the leading Briggs 206 series in the Midwest. Uh, two different series now, one in the north, one central Midwest in the north. They run Concept Haulers Raceway, the former Norway track. They run 61 Cartway, Road America, which is very cool, and capping off at uh, really one of the spiritual homes of karting in Wisconsin, Dousman. Uh, the Central Series, they're going to be both starting, actually, at, at Concept Haulers, a, a split start. It's going to be cool to have both North and Central starting off. Then they'll go to Mid-State, East Lansing in Michigan, and then Camden, Ohio. That's the Central program. Late last September, they put on their first Grand Nationals massive event for 206 Racing on the East Coast. Again, that was at Newcastle. And this program, again, the Cup Carts North America, focused seven-class structure. I always love when you, know, you hear us talk about it here on the EKN Radio Network. We love that clean, focused class structure. Nothing but 206 categories, four classes for seniors as well. Just straight senior, senior heavy, master. And this year, and Greg will talk about it, the introduction of the CIK 206 class. Greg, there's your intro. How'd that sound? That was pretty good. Straight up. <laughs> hey, listen, um, let's just start. You know, I, I want to take this opportunity really to let people around the country learn more about Cup Carts North America. If they're in your region, you know, they can come racing at any of the events. Of course, the, the Grand Nationals at the end of the year at Newcastle. I think you're going to see more people coming down from Canada as well. I know a number of drivers went there last year and were, were raving about the event. And, of course, they love the racetrack as well. Um, but through these Operation Grassroots programs, we like to you know kind of go inside these programs where you get a chance to kind of talk about the hurdles you've been through. What are the what's the stuff that's worked for you? That way we can get some you know get some of those ideas out to everybody around the country. First and foremost, let's just and I'll call it 206 Cup for a second. We'll transition. But when and how did the 206 Cup slash Cup Cards North America program start? What really was the the motivation? They got you up off the couch. You and I have raced together before. We've 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 went head to head. You and I actually at Rock Island. What what turned you from racer to promoter? Because that's a big step. It, it was a big step, and, uh, and for those people that have done it before, I'm sure that they know it's not always the most enjoyable one, um, especially <laughs> early on. Yeah. Um, really, what started this was twofold. Uh, one, uh, my son was running four cycle carts uh, at club level, and um, as he was getting better. Uh, we wanted to kind of take him to the next step. We wanted to take him traveling, uh, go see some other tracks. And from at least where we are in the Midwest, there just wasn't any options. Um, there yeah. were some other series still running, you know, um, you know, out east and things like that. Uh, it just wasn't within our budget and our means to uh, take that type of a run out. So um, we started looking at what we could do around here. Um, we reached out to tracks to see if they wanted to partner up and kind of work together. Um, each track hosts an event, everyone put five bucks in the kitty. Um, and really what it came down to was no one really believed that 206 racers were willing to travel mm -hmm. it, as it was such a budget oriented class, especially when it first came out, 
the perception was from everybody we talked to that it just wouldn't work. Uh, you tell them my partner and I something won't work, and we just enjoy trying to prove people wrong. So <laughs> good, good for you. So that's kind of what kicked it off. Um, you know, from there, we did find a few tracks that were willing to work with us. In fact, uh, a couple of the tracks we crashed a club race. So what what I mean by that is we came out to one of their events and simply added on a class. Yep. Um, in fact, I believe it was three classes, if I remember right, for the first year. Um, and by doing that, we were able to at least get a little bit of momentum going uh, on little to no budget. We got such a good response from there. We started scheduling races and booking tracks ourselves, And the rest is, I, I, I don't want to call it history because we're still working at it. But, you know, the rest is history. So, you know, let, let me ask you this. Over the, over the last four years, how happy have you been with the growth? And, you know, anytime, as you kind of mentioned it. Primary hurdles. What are some of the stuff that you had to deal with? You know, I mean, growth. Yeah, we've grown substantially every year. Um, There's some years we've seen 50 to 60% growth in our entries. Would I love more? Of course. I want this to get to a type of deal where even at our divisional level, we're seeing 150 plus or minus Mm -hmm. go-karts. In my opinion, karting as a whole, as we all know, took such a hit, you know, five, 10 years ago with the economy. I we're still building back up to that. I don't think that there's uh, simply enough racers, especially in the Midwest to justify those kind of numbers right now. The fact that we're getting the numbers that we have, I think is a testament to what we're doing. So um, as far as hurdles, you know, we could go on and on. Um, One of the biggest things that we've got going for us and to our detriment, it's just myself and my partner. We don't have a board of directors. We don't have consultants. It's he and I. The great part about that is, is if we need to pivot, make a change, do something different because the racers want it, the series needs it, we can do it very quickly. Mm-hmm. The downside to that is there's only two of us to do everything. <laughs> so we, yeah. we find ourselves a little overwhelmed at times trying to keep up with stuff. But um, in general, you know, that's one of the big things. Another one is by us charging lower entry fees, sometimes it's hard to get into some of these tracks. Um, and it's actually a testament to the tracks that we are at, that they all see the vision, see what we're trying to do and are willing to help us build it because if we're charging less money, the tracks make less money. Yeah. And that's, and that's something we're seeing across the board, aren't we? That that the tracks are trying to get more money, uh, for each race weekend and you're trying to keep the cost low. And then you're looking at your budget line and you're seeing some of these massive numbers to rent tracks. I, you know, obviously in talking to a lot of the, the promoters, that's one of the big issues is the fact that this, these tracks are just super, super expensive. And I'm happy to hear that that those tracks are working with you because I think, you know, we can all talk about this, Greg. It's the, the foundation of karting is Operation Grassroots. That's why we're focused on it so aggressively with, e-car- with e-karting news because that foundation is where everything starts. You need to have 10,000 club racers so you can have – 4,000 regional racers. So you can have a thousand national racers. You know, that's just what it needs to happen. So I'm glad that that, that, that they're working with you. What can I ask? What is your, what is your entry fee anyways? Uh, this year we are charging. If you pre-enter, it is $120. Yeah. Um, so it's 60 bucks, you know, per day, you got your wristbands and stuff like that. Essentially wow. what we've kind of tried to structure this around is we want to be able to see the dad and his son show up in the back in their pickup truck with the go-kart hanging out the back of it. And for less than 200, they're going to spend $200 or less on all the stuff they need to race. Now that doesn't cover their tires and their expenses. I get that, but we don't want to see these people having to write these five, six, $700 checks to go run a single class. To me, that's not what this is supposed to be about. 
Well, you're what you're doing is you're you're providing that regional level. I love, I loved regional race when I when I first started. You know, I ran at my club and I ran the OKRA. That was our regional series in Ontario, and I loved it. Um, to do this, obviously, uh, to have the lower entry fees, you're working with your tracks to try to get a, a reasonable track rental uh, price. You've got to have a pretty good group of sponsors and promoters that are kicking in some money as well to make sure you guys have the funding you need to put this series on. Well, absolutely. You know, it's sponsors, promoters, and quite frankly, our staff. Um, and, and it goes unsaid often enough. Um, I, I've got, you know, four or five guys uh, that have been working with us since we've started this. If they get their gas money and their hotel covered, they're they're happy. Uh, wow. No one, None of the guys that are working at this are doing it for anything other than the love of the sport. Um, but you're absolutely right. You now, sponsors is what really took this from a three-race deal where we were crashing on people's clubs to the level that we were at now. Um, yeah. We've had some sponsors that have been with us since 2015. We've got guys that just signed on this year. Um, you know, companies like Viking Cart Products, Faster Motors, they've been with us for quite a long time. Uh, we've got a lot of new sponsors, too. Uh, Zamp Helmets, uh, CKT, CRP. These are um, companies that are just kind of coming into the fold now that are seeing what we're nice. doing. Uh, I like that. I, l- I like seeing new blood coming in because, you know, just over those last four years, I'll just this quick line here. You, you've done it. You've you've been that regional series that, that paired with clubs, tagged on to clubs to be in a standalone. And people are seeing that. I think they're seeing the, the dedication of what you guys are doing. And if you're talking 10% growth, I know you want more than 10% growth, but that I think that's always ideal because you can you can manage the growth, you can manage the expansion, and just like compound interest, you know, you get 50, 10% is five. But the minute you're 60, your 10% is six, then it's seven, then you keep going up. So congrats on that. Continue to tell us about the guys that are working with you. Well, yeah, you know, and, and to that point, a lot of the sponsors are seeing the same results. Um, a lot of the sponsors that we've had, uh, a couple that come to mind that have been with us a long time, uh, Target Distributing and Noram Racing, not only are they staying with us, they're up in the ante and helping us more and more every year because nice. they're seeing the benefits of it, not just in recognition and thanks from the racers. I, I truly believe they're seeing it on the bottom line because although we might not be where people start out in karting, you know, I, our series is not necessarily designed for someone who just bought a go-kart to go racing. We welcome them. Mm-hmm. We love to have them and we do get them. But Instead of us trying to grow the club level, because I did that for many years at the club that I ran out in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, it's hard to get people to join and start into a new sport when they know that there's nowhere they can go beyond the club. You know, yep. we get a lot of parents that, you know, they look into getting into go-kart racing. Their kid wants to go-kart race. Well, if they're choosing between two-cycle and four-cycle, there, there's a ladder system in two-cycle. There has been for years. It might change throughout the years, but there's definitely a ladder system. You can work your way up. There hasn't been an established one in four cycle, and that's kind of what we want to help be a part of. Um, and that's why, you know, some of these other companies that have come on board, they see that, they see the benefit to it, because as we're able to grow that, there's going to be more racers in the pipeline. You know, that's why we've got companies, you know, Boone and Sons out of New, uh, Rochester, New York. They just signed up to be our central division sponsor. Um, and Cart City Performance, those guys are going to be our north division sponsors. So now we've got these two companies that have never been a part of the series before that are right away jumping on the bandwagon. I love that. Hey, you know what? Here's a good time to to just give that little line for anybody in karting, anybody that supports your series, runs your series. If if you're a racer, 
support the guy who's supporting your series. You know, I always say the same thing about eCardi News. I want people to support the advertisers they see on eCardi News because if it's not for the advertisers, we wouldn't be around. Same with the series. So, right, you're, you're saying that your sponsors are starting to see the return from the growth of the series. We just want to get that out there to everyone. Yeah. If you're a racer, support the, the companies that are supporting your series. That's crucial. That's all. I love to hear yeah, that. Absolutely. And, you know, in, in talking to a lot of these sponsors, you know, a, a great one that I always like to bring up when I'm talking to other sponsor, sponsors is Vega Tires. Um Vega was the tire company that, uh, that we went with our second year. We've been with them ever since. And Vega took some big steps with us. Um, the tire that they gave us the first year out was a great tire, but it wasn't close enough to what the racers were used to that we had raced with. Um, so instead of dig- opening up the catalog and just handing us the next tire in line, we actually went down there and we helped them develop a tire that, at least in our opinion, fit closer to what the racers were looking for. Um we ended up with this great tire, the VAH. It's been a great tire for the series. And it, it, Vega is seeing the returns on that because they are now seeing other series, other tracks jumping onto this tire for their four cycle programs because it's a proven tire to work for four cycle karting. So that, that's just a great example of what some of these sponsors are seeing. I love it. I love it. Now, here, here's an, it's something I think it's, that's crucial to. And again, this is what we talk about these Operation Grassroots podcasts trying to help out the whole sport. Let me ask you a question. What do you think is different about your series that has made it so successful? You know, the big thing with us, um, you know, you always try to pat yourself on the back a little maybe, but I, 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 I think we've got a few things going for us. Uh, first off, the racers that have come to our series have been great. Um, some of them have come from other series. Some of them it's new, you know, a regional level type series is new to them. But the atmosphere that those racers bring is contagious. Um, you come to the racetrack and you're having fun. And that's what I, you know, those two things hand in hand. Um, when people are having fun, things go a lot smoother. You have a lot, everyone has an enjoyable time. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. It's racing. It's very competitive. Um, it's actually some of the most competitive karting I've been a part of. And I've been doing this for 15, 16 years now. I'm, I'm amazed at how close the finishes we have against, you know, you've got a guy in a brand new top of the line cart racing against a guy in i'm not kidding you a 14 year old cart that's been welded together 20 times and they're, <laughs> and they're coming across the line side by side lap after lap after lap um so the the competitors and, and the other thing that i think really helps you know we've developed this somewhat unique rule book um, more and more series and tracks are kind of adopting either our rule book or something similar to it but we wanted something that was encompassed more people it, it, with how limited the number of racers became that were out in the market, we needed to attract as many people as possible. So what we did was we kind of went through and we drafted a rule book that we felt more people could show up and race without having to spend a whole bunch of money to change something over on their cart. Mm-hmm. If, if it was a cart that was legal and safe to race in any, any of the established series of rule books that were out there, we tried to find a way to make that fit into our series. By doing that, we have a whole bunch of people that can show up. They they could be a guy from Canada can show up, come down here and at most maybe five minutes and a few zip ties or some safety wire. And he's completely compliant. And the, the really neat part about what the 206 engine adds when you put it with that kind of rule book and that kind of package is you get this insanely competitive racing that it, it's so close. And it really just kind of shows, you know, where people's focus needs to be. I like that. That's solid. Now let's, let's wrap up this first segment here. And I, I talked about it at the very start. Uh, the series obviously underwent a rebranding in the off season to move away from, I think 
the, the appearance that it was an official Briggs series. I understand that kind of that kind of conflict there. What was the, how was the process to come up with a new name? You know, I know I know I built a lot of logos and you come up with names for I try to come up with names for our podcasts or whatever it may be. Cup Carts North America. What's the ideology behind the new name? Well, Cup we're kind of stuck with. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, we we were two hundred six Cup for actually the first year we were LO two hundred six Cup, yep. um, and then the folks at Briggs called me up and said, you know, we're going to try to drop the LO. We just want it to be called yep. two hundred six. I was like, oh, yeah, no, that's great. It's easier to say. Well, it took us about three years to get everybody retrained for that. Um, fast forward, we're two hundred six Cup, and you're absolutely right. Um, the guys at Briggs and Stratton simply felt that, you know, it was a little confusing. Some people felt that it was a series that was being ran by them. And that's obviously not what the intention was. So um, what we decided to do is try to find something that we could rename to that people could still kind of figure out it was us. So we were stuck with Cup because everyone has just called us Cup for years. Uh, <laughs> the the North America thing, um, it, it kind of comes back to the whole deal with the rule book. Um Yes, at our Grand National last year, we had racers from all over North America. Uh, we had, I think, 27 or 28 drivers from Canada. Um, nice. I, if I remember correctly, we had one or two that were out of Mexico. And uh, we even had some guys from beyond North America. There were a couple from Brazil. But we, we didn't want to come up with a name that regionalized us, even though it's a regional series, because we 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 want people to realize that everyone's welcome to come and race with us. And that just it, it, it seemed to fit. I like that. Solid. All right, guys, uh, stick with us. We got more to come. Talking here with Greg Jasperson, the essentially president of the Cup Carts North America program. After this break, we'll come back and we're going to talk about the 2018 season. For over a century, Briggs and Stratton has had a commitment and passion for racing. It's a DNA found in every engine we build today. So whether you kart race, Baja, race quarter midgets, or believe that dirt and snow are just God's way of adding to the challenge. The dedicated spirit of every Briggs and Stratton employee stands at the fence waiting for the green flag to drop. Briggs and Stratton Racing, what powers you? Are you ready to get the 2018 season started? If you're like us, we're ready to get out of the snow and back to the track. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry. With over 50 years of combined karting experience, we can provide you with everything you need to go racing. With a large online product selection, select track support events, and a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. We specialize in IAMI engines, tilt seats, and of course, our championship-winning Merlin chassis. If you're ready to take your racing to the next level, Come join us at Team FMS. We've been supplying racers with start-to-finish support at race events for many years. From providing a helping hand at a weekday test outing or a club event, to full arrive-and-drive packages at the highest level of karting competition. For 2018, we'll be attending the Scusa Winter Series and Pro Tour, the United States Pro Kart Series, and the Route 66 Karting Series. For all things karting, visit FranklinKart.com. you want to drive the best, drive a CRG. Our countless race wins and championships prove this fact, including taking the KZ Finals at the Scusa Super Nationals and the CIK World Championships in both 2016 and 2017. Our material is second to none. 
After years of independent American importers, CRG is now managed directly by the factory and run out of our state-of-the-art headquarters in Texas. CRG Nordam is the American arm of the CRG factory in Italy, and we're serious about success. We stock a wide variety of parts in all of our chassis, from the CRG Hero for the mini categories, to the Heron for taggeries, the Road Rebel for gearbox competition, and the new FS4, which has been designed specifically for American four-cycle Briggs racing. If you're ready to step up to the national level, do it with a factory race team that competes across the USA. CRG Nordam is a full factory effort with the best personnel and the finest equipment. We're serious about winning, and you should be too. Welcome back to episode number three of Operation Grassroots, presented by Briggs and Stratton, of course, here on the EKN Radio Network, talking to, with uh, Greg Jasperson from Cup Carts North America. Greg, let's, uh, let's dive in. We, we talked about the ideology of the series. Let's dive into the 2018 season because you, the growth is happening. Stability, of course, as well. Every, every new year brings more stability. What, how, how are things looking? What's the breakdown for the North and South program? Well, you know, we've... Um like you touched on earlier, we're going to do something new this year. We're going to have both the North and the central division start the year off together. Um, it, it was something that we kind of thought would be really cool. First off, less at concept dollars has been great to us over the years. Um, it worked out great with his schedule for us to do it this way. Um, it's a bigger event. It's a lot more work on both of our parts to do it, but we thought the racers would really enjoy starting the year off with a big, you know, NASCAR starts off with Daytona. Um, it's just kind of the same mentality. We want to do a big deal at the start. Um, from there, North is going to break off and obviously do its own thing. Uh, from there, we go to 61 Cartway, uh, the Nielsen family's track uh, right next to their house. And it, it's a beautiful track. It's a really cool track. Um, very, has a lot of curves, a, a lot of elevation changes, and it races extremely well with a 206. No surprise. I've never I, I've never actually been there, but it looks like a badass racetrack. Well, I guess think of it this way. You've seen Tony in a, in a 206 or any four-cycle cart for that matter. Imagine giving him a pen and paper and letting him design a track that he thought he'd get around better than anybody. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's a, it. it's a very fun track. Um, after that, we go to Elkhart um, for at Road America. Uh, they are repaving the track this year, so it is going to be a really really cool opportunity. Um, we've been going there. They were one of our first tracks. We haven't been able to go there every year, but they were one of the tracks that we went to the first year that took that leap of faith with faith with us. Mm-hmm. So we like trying to go back there as often as we can make it work. Um, it, and it's such a neat facility because you're surrounded by that. It's Road America. Oh, yeah, you're, surra- <laughs> you're surrounded by four miles. I, I'm trying to remember what was there last year, but I, I believe it was a vintage event was on the big track last year. Oh, so you've got, that's nice. you, you've got guys, you know, while they're wrenching on their go-karts, looking over their shoulder and they're seeing a, you know, 85, 86 um, vintage indie car driving down the back stretch. Yeah. And it's just a really neat atmosphere to be a part of. Um, and then finally we go back to Badger. Um, you know, Dousman's been one of the, four cycle staples is at least in the Midwest for at least as long as I've been a part of this. And I'm sure longer Mm -hmm. than that. So, um, and you know, they did, they did some repaving and changed the track around a little bit last year. And it, it, it really did change up the character of the track. And it's a lot of fun. It it, it put in some new passing opportunities. It definitely changed how you set the card up. So it was really neat to see that last year. And um, I'm looking forward to see what people do with that next year. Nice, nice. Let's move to Central. Obviously, starting off at, at Concept Haulers with, with the the big show with North and Central. Then you go to Midstate. Yeah. I, I like the I like the the deal there too. Yeah, Midstate's a track. Uh, our first visit there was last year. 
Um, it was a great race. We had good, good racing on the track. The only downside to it, I believe it was 109 degrees out that day. Oh, um, wow. In fact, there were a couple clubs um, in the area, but at least nearby, that actually canceled because um, of the heat. And we got on the phone trying to call people saying, hey, you can come up and rip me off. But obviously with the temperature, no one wanted to do that. But so, wow, that's tough. Yeah, so we're going to go back to mid-state and we're going uh, to put on a good show there because it's, again, it's another old four-cycle track that just races great. Mm-hmm. Um, then from there, our first visit ever to East Lansing. Um, we're going to head out there. It'll be our first time ever there. I know it's another one of these tracks that's been around a really long time and you can, you can kind of see a pattern here. We, we like going to these vintage go-kart tracks. You're going to the tracks that were built for essentially four cycle racing, the, the more narrow go-karts, right? And it's, I just, I love the fact that you're going there because these places still deserve uh, a top quality regional program. And that's what you guys are bringing. I, I think it's great. I love it. I know that David Cole's looking at that event. Yeah. Yep. He's, he's, he's looking at, he wants to go race. And I'm like, yeah, well, take the aluminos and go run. Yeah, we've been, uh, we've been talking about uh, either of you two coming out for a while, but yeah, Cole, yeah, Cole's a couple times told me that he's coming and then it, something doesn't work out. So he's not going to have an excuse on this one. Um, and East Lansing's not, it's not even that far for me either. I think it's about an hour and a half for Dave. It's probably only about three or four hours for me. So you never know. I'll have to look at that on the schedule. Well, if we can get both of you in the same in the same class, I might have to double up my track staff, though. <laughs> yeah, you might. <laughs> All right, so wrap it up. Where's the finale for Central? Uh, finale for Central is going to be out in Camden at OVKA. Again, another staple track in the four-cycle racing community. Um, we went there for the first time last year. And um, and honestly, it was my first time ever there. Uh, as long as I had been four-cycle racing, I never made it to Camden. And I was just great staff, great people. Uh, the locals were extremely helpful. Um, so we're, we're very excited to go back to that. Um, and the cool thing is that we're, we've got a couple little things that we haven't told anybody about yet. But um, for both North and Central, round two and round four at the driver's meetings, Briggs and Stratton has donated us some of their brand new generators. We're going to give one generator away at each one of those races at round two nice. and round four. And then the other thing that's been a little bit uh, in our pocket that we haven't told anybody, we're going to have two night races this year. Oh, wow. Really? Yep, 61 Cartway is going to be a night race, as well as the Central Final in Camden. They're both going to be nice. raced on Saturday under the lights. Sunday, everyone, yeah, nothing, everyone wants to get home yeah. on Sunday, so we're not going to do that. But <laughs> Saturday night's going to be under the lights. Ah, you know what? There's nothing like carting under the lights. I love it. That's that's. I like to see the addition of that. That's really cool stuff. Now, so there's your there's your lineup. Um, I'll give you maybe just a very brief opportunity. I know we talked about about this before before we came on air. What's this, I know you guys were looking to go to Florida. What what's the status on on getting a Florida series going? I know there's a lot of racing going on down there right now. Is that kind of been put on hold? You know, Florida right now. Yes, for this year, Florida is definitely on hold. Um, we thought we had a really good plan in place um, to, to put Florida together. And, um, there were some miscommunications on our part and, uh, with a couple of the people that we had down there kind of helping us put it together. One of the tracks we didn't, although we thought we had a date confirmed that there was a miscommunication on that, on what the date was that kind of sent everything else into motion. We actually almost put the series back together. Uh, two of the tracks down there were insanely helpful. The guys at Jacksonville and the guys at Bushnell were going out of their way, making phone calls, trying to find ways to make arrangements and extra people to help us put a new schedule together. Uh, ultimately, though, we made the decision that we wanted to postpone doing it this year, because if we're going to do it, we want to do it right. Um, we, we hold ourselves to a high standard, maybe not as high as everybody else, but we hold ourselves to a high standard and we wanted to make sure we could put it together 
So um, I'm not going to say it's on the table or off the table for next year. We're definitely looking at it. Um, we want to get this season started off and make sure things are going in motion in the way they need to go. Um, and we'll look at it again from there. Simple fact is that there's, there is concepts and ideas of expansion to other areas. You, you guys have a program you're happy with and you're proud of, and you could badge a, a program anywhere. And absolutely. Um, and that's always an option. That's something that we spend a fair amount of time talking about with other people that call us. Um, it just needs to be done right. That's our big concern. You know, the, the advantage, like I touched on before that at least, you know, Steve, my partner and I feel like we have is that it with just the two of us, we have a lot of control. Um, and we can make sure things are going the direction that at least we feel they need to be. Now, if we're right or wrong, Mm -hmm. well, then we know who to blame too. So, um, (laughs) we get, uh, we've had a lot of interest in trying to bring this to other communities and other areas, and we're all for it. We just got to make sure that the people are in place to do it correctly. So it, it's always something that's an option. Um, but North and Central, you know, they're our bread and butter. There's, they're, they're what helped us get here, and we're going to make sure that that's done right. I like that. Now, one other big addition, you guys are adding a full CIK2 or 6 class. Just It's for this year the first time, correct? Yep. I like that. And has that been a lot of feedback from from guys with the CIK cards saying, hey, let's, let's, let's have a full CIK class? You know, I mean, to a certain extent, yes. Um, you always get say people that say they want one class or the other, um, you know, and the body work thing is probably one of the most talked about things in four cycle carding. There is, you know, between body work, no doubt. if you want to talk body work and tires, you could probably do 10 podcasts on just those things. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. Um, yeah. We actually took a poll of approximately 150 of our racers um, that we had had over the course of the last two years. And they were very opinionated on what bodywork they thought was better or worse for whatever reason. And then at the end of it, we asked a simple question of, would you rather have more classes with segregated bodywork or would you rather have big classes with everybody together? And all of them answered, well, yeah, we want to race the most people. So we were actually really torn on what to do there. Ultimately, we decided adding the 206 CIK class was the right thing to do simply because a lot of the chassis manufacturers aren't supporting the other body work anymore. Mm, um, yep. And in talking to a lot of those racers, uh, they're not comfortable making the modifications to a relatively brand new cart to do, to, to get the body work on. Um, you can argue either way you want, if it's an advantage or not. And I don't want to go into that, but ultimately there, we knew we were losing a small majority of people because we didn't have the body work. So by adding the class, we've now come to see in some of our entries that we've got guys that are going to run both. Um, and we've, yep, and, I was just, gonna, yeah, we just going to say yeah, that we yep. saw that, uh, at, you know, and I miss with grand nationals. We last year, we did run a CIK class, um, and we had a great turnout for it. Uh, quite a few of the Canadian guys ran that class. They did run the open class as well and did very well, yep. but, um, just the way that carding is going and the way that the bodywork thing is going, we felt it was time for us to look at it. So by adding this class, we're going to see what happens. I, I think you have a focused class structure as it is. It's not like you're up to t- you know, 10 or 12 classes. You, you have a nice tight, uh, tight class structure. So having the 206 CIK program, I, I, I think it's good. I think it's going to allow the guys that want to run that, like like the Canadian contingent will definitely want to run CIK because that's all they have in Canada. But there's obviously a lot of guys that still love the body work. I, I think it's a great call. And I think uh, listening to your racers, obviously, uh, very important. Greg, stick with us. Uh, when we get back after our final commercial break, we're going to talk a little bit about the Grand Nationals, talk about the kickoff on the first week of May, and, and just kind of look forward to the remainder of the season. 
Folks, stay with us. More to come here. Episode number three of Operation Grassroots. Hey, everybody. This is Chris Wheeler, Director of Motorsports for Bell Racing USA. For the 2018 Scusa Pro Tour, be sure to check out our partners, PSL Karting, for all of your on-site needs from helmets, visors, accessories, and all hardware so you can stay safe on the racetrack. New for 2018, the CMR KC7 Carbon, the first of its kind, the only carbon helmet in the world, approved by the CIK for youth use. Check it out at PSL Karting, and thanks for tuning in to EKM Live. After a long, cold winter, summer is fast approaching, so you know what that means. It's time to sign up for Nitro Kart Summer Camp. Our first summer camp last year was a great success, so we're doing it again on June 29th to July 1st at Carolina Motorsports Park. Nick Tucker and guest instructors will teach winning racecraft techniques such as qualifying, race strategy, passing, drafting, and defense driving. And guest experts will discuss subjects such as driver fitness and nutrition and marketing and sponsorship. We'll also teach the kids basic cart maintenance and the parents will learn advanced tuning tips. Nitro Kart Summer Camp is for Nitro Kart drivers only, but arrive and drive packages are available. We'll have special offers on new Nitro Karts since we know you'll want to buy one if you try one. Space is limited, so go to nitro-kart.com to sign up today. Hi. This is Bed Mayer, factory nitro kart driver number 67. I went to the first nitro kart summer camp last year and I loved it. It made me a better driver and will make you one too. Cartlift has been designing, engineering, and building innovative kart stands since 2003. Our flagship model Winchlift LT is the motorized workhorse of our kart stand lineup and should be the foundation of your karting program. When it comes to test days or race days, the winch lift is an invaluable tool that allows you to head to the track to test and tune anytime, knowing that your cart will easily be lifted with the press of a button. Add our innovative winch stacker, and now you can double stack two carts on top of a folded down winch lift, saving space in your trailer or garage. If a lifting cart stand isn't for you, then one of our traditional folding scissor stands Double or triple stacker stands or upright stands should fill the need. Every one of our cart stands features flat-free wheels and casters and a durable powder coat finish. Check out our full stand lineup as well as our chassis skid plates, tire changers, and accessories at cartlift.com. That's www.cartlift.com. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. Rob Howden with you. Operation Grassroots, episode number three, always presented by Briggs & Stratton. Talking with Greg Jasperson from Cup Carts North America. All right, Greg, let's let's jump in and kind of cap this thing off. Let's talk about the Grand Nationals. Um, you know, trying to put that one big race on late September. Most series are pretty much wrapped up. But just that, I guess, really just a really solid East Coast 206 massive weekend. Big enough to draw, as you said, from Mexico, from Canada, from wherever, because everybody just wants to race against big fields. Tell me about last year's Grand Nationals and what you've got planned for this year. Yeah, well, I mean, last year was it, it was a I, I'm going to call it a leap of faith because it was a uh, it was a lot to do and not knowing if the people would come. Um, and, and again, we're kind of back to the original thing where everyone said two hundred six racers don't travel. Um, thankfully, the guys at Newcastle um, were willing to give us the opportunity to hold that race. Newcastle is 
as everybody knows, one of the nicest tracks in the country. Um, they have a large operation and it takes, you know, money to feed that beast. Um, they were willing to help us out in ways I can't even begin to go into to make that happen. Um, I think a lot of the racers saw that and they realized that there were a lot of companies, you know, we added, I think seven additional sponsors in the last three to four weeks before that, uh, grand national race, because people just saw what was going on and it, it was, a, everyone was just coming together to put this great race on. And the, the best feedback that I got, um, was a lot of the old time racers that had come out, whether they'd been racers with us in the past or not, but they had said, God, this feels like go-kart racing was 20 years ago, just the atmosphere and the people and the way it was all working. Um, and that was a really neat thing to hear. Um, and, and the best thing is the event in general went off really, really well. Uh, we had some great racing, um, you know, people were really pleased to see that we were actually doing tech throughout the entire event, not just at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the turnout was phenomenal. You know, I don't think we had a single class under 10 carts. Um, and there were classes upwards of, I believe, 40, 50 carts, if I remember correctly. That's all. That's awesome. So this year's race, uh, anything new planned or, hey, you know what? We did a great job last year. We're going to stabilize what we did, you know, last year to, to, to come this year. It's the end of September, correct? 29th, 30th, yep, or something yep. like it that. It is the last weekend in September. Um, it is probably going to be. Oh, I know it will be a bigger event this year. Um, the, we got some secrets that we're going to kind of keep close to the chest. We are going to add, <laughs> we're going to add some stuff. Obviously, we want to make it a better event. Um, one thing we did make a couple changes that we've already talked to people about, though. Um, and one of them is the format all of our events throughout the course of the year and at the divisional level, um, you know, Friday's a practice, but it's optional. People can come. They don't have to come Saturday and Sunday are both race days, but they're separate. So if you wanted to show up for just Saturday or just Sunday, that's completely up to you. And we do have people that do that because they have busy lives. Um, we did the same thing at grands last year. And for a lot of reasons, it was just too much, you know, having to do an extra awards ceremony, having to do points constantly, Um, and and for some people, it was a little confusing when you had people that were new to the series, which that type of event is going to draw. They, they just didn't quite understand it or weren't used to that. So for this year, we've changed the format around and Saturday and Sunday, it's going to be a combined, whoever takes the checkered flag at the end of the day on Sunday is going to be the grand national champion. I like that more of a a super nationals kind of thing where you got to get qualify race. And then one main event, one winner. I trust me. I always like one winner. It's I understand the concept of having two races. So you can have a bad Saturday. You get to come back and kind of, you know, get your retribution on Sunday, but I I'm a big fan of one race, get in there and have that one guy or girl winning. I I like that. And to that point, you know, one of the things that we did last year is we had transfer points. So you earned points throughout the divisional series. Um, and and it kind of was a base point or a starting score for the grand nationals. And it worked well. Uh, we had some guys that didn't run the divisions at all that still placed on the podium at the national, which was Mm -hmm. really cool to see that shows how well they did. Um, ultimately though, the vision that we see for that event is that it's, it, we want it to stand on its own. We don't want that. The divisions are the divisions and this is our national. So for for this year, if you should never ran our series and you know, you drove halfway across the country and you take the checkered flag on Sunday, you're still the grand national champion. You're the man. I like that. Okay. So you're getting ready to roll. What's your first race is uh, what a uh, week and a half, right? Uh, May 4th, 5th, 6th, I think is the correct. date. Am I, am I correct? Dual series kickoff. Uh, any indications of entry numbers yet? Are you happy with where you are? Even though I know that nowadays, 
everybody seems to want to enter at the very last minute. I don't know why that is these days, but are you looking good right now in terms of entry numbers? Yeah, I mean, like you said, you always want to see more. And I did actually solve the riddle of why people don't want to register ahead of time. I'd like to know that. Um, There's two reasons. One, a lot of people have come from a road racing background, and that's, you know, because of the way that their entries are structured, they do that. But the other is that we've got a lot of people that have never raced in the rain before. And although our series is a rain series and we run in the rain as long as it's safe, we still have a lot of people who haven't done it before and just aren't willing to uh, take that jump with us yet. So a lot of I love racing in the rain. It's so much fun. And, you know, that's one of the things that I preach and preach to all the clubs and stuff that I talk to is that the amount of driving ability that you gain by learning how to control a cart in the rain will take you so far in any other form of motorsport that you ever want to go to. Uh, I agree. So, yep. But we still have some people that are learning that. So that that's why people do that. But um, no, the entry numbers are looking very good. We have far more people registered at this point than we normally would for a division. Uh, you'd expect that with both divisions running together. Um, but we do have a lot of people that run both divisions as well. So it, it's a really good thing to see that we're seeing numbers like that. The coolest thing, I um, mean, I actually didn't, I looked at this just about 10 minutes ago before we got on the line together. Um, our biggest two classes as of at least right now are the sportsman and the junior classes. Oh, that's yeah. Good. And that's something that we've been really, really trying to work hard at building up that youth level. Cause that's, we all need that. That feeds the beast. Like we, we know is how we like mm-hmm. to say it. Um, and a big, Agreed. a big part of that's too, is because the guys at Briggs and Stratton stepped up. Um, even though, um, you know, we went through all the renaming and all that kind of stuff. Briggs still wanted to be a part of the series and we still wanted them. Uh, we still have a good relationship with them. Um, so what Briggs uh, offered to do, and I believe there are still a few of them left, is Briggs is paying half of the entry fee wow. for any of any kid racing. So basically anyone in the kid cart, in the sportsman class, or the junior class, Briggs is paying for half of their entry fee. Well, that's that's incredible. Again, that's just, uh, I shouldn't be surprised. That's what uh, uh, Dave Klaus and the crew at Briggs do. They just they support it so unbelievably. That's awesome. That's great. Now. All right, Greg, let's wrap this up. Final thoughts. Um, going into a new season, solidifying things, back to Road America. You know, you're going, you went to some new tracks for the first time last year. Just in talking to you and, and, and going online and watching your social media, it just really seems like this year is going to be one of those seasons where you're going to, even with the new branding, you're going to have, it's just going to be solid. There's going to be this strength moving into 2018. You know, I hope so. I, I really think... Um the, the leap of faith we took to put on that race at Newcastle and that they took with us um, is going to pay dividends. The Looking through the registrations that we have, I don't think I know a third a third and a half of the names or people I've never met before ah, that we've never had race with us. Nice. Um, in talking to people and going through my emails, we have people coming from New York to this event. We have people coming from Florida to this event. So no, do we expect them to run every divisional race? No, that's probably a lot of traveling that I don't think that we're there yet, but some will. And what that shows me is that we're, we're at least doing something right to the point where we're going to start drawing more people and it's going to start growing more and more. And we're going to be able to get this thing to those numbers that we kind of talked about earlier, where, you know, divisional programs used to be where you'd show up to a four cycle race and you'd have, you know, 30, 40 guys sitting on the hot grid with you. Yeah. Well, you know, you're simply, you know, with the departure of the WKA Gold Cup, you're essentially the the deal now, right? You're the traveling four cycle series with with stability and and history. And like you said, nothing like sitting with 30 or 40 guys on the grid. You know, you and I have done it at Rock Island. You're doing it now with your program. 
it's just nice to be on that big grid when you're when you're looking forward to having some fun. No, absolutely. I mean, Gold Cup was an amazing program, and it, you know, it, it was the cornerstone of quite frankly, what a lot of people have built um, with their other series. I mean, it was just such a good, fun series. And, um, you know, we, we, we look to kind of try to build on that type. And that, that's what we want to have. We want to have this fun, competitive, and fair atmosphere that uh, people can kind of show up, race, have a good time. And like you said, um, you know, 30, 40 guys on the grid, 150 to 200 carts in the, you know, in the paddock. It's, you know, we're not there yet, but I, I think it's on the horizon. I like to hear that. All right, let's uh, let me give you the opportunity to, to give us some contact information. What's the website? So, what's your social media accounts? People are obviously going to want to check out what you guys are doing and potentially go racing. There's a lot of we know there's a lot of Briggs and Stratton 206 guys in the Midwest. There's 200 plus in Ontario that can make a trek down to East Lansing or Newcastle for the Grand National. Here's your opportunity. Give us the contact info. Well, first and foremost, uh, we have a new website with the rebranding and everything else, like we talked about. You know, we did just start from scratch put a brand new website together. We're still adding content to it every single day as much as we can. So um, it will grow and get better. So you want to keep checking it back. But that one's very simply www.cupcarts.com. All the information for the Cup Cart Grand National, as well as the Champions Cup, which is our divisional series, all of that will be there. Um, Facebook's pretty simple too. Facebook.com backslash cupcarts. Nice. I love it. Uh, you know what, Greg, I'm, uh, I'm excited. You know, we, David and I talk about Operation Grassroots. We talk, you know, we do a lot of articles, of course, about the Briggs and Stratton programs all over the, the country. I had a great interview with Mark Julian from South, the South Florida Karting Club. He's growing 206 racing down there. The KPX Championship out in Northern California has done wonders for that region. Just, you know, there's, there's these regions that are just growing more and more. And I think we all know that the 206, the affordability of it is what has really, just brought people back out to the, the, the track, just having fun. I think that's that, that's the key. And to see what you guys are doing in the Midwest, I just I just see it as being such an integral brick, a, you know, a component of rebuilding that bottom of the pyramid that we need. Actually, not even the bottom of the pyramid. You guys essentially as a regional series are that middle level of the pyramid. But the success that you guys are going to have is going to grow the, the grassroots club racing as well. Well, absolutely. And that's kind of the focus that we've taken is – you know, it, it, to get this ladder system built back up or the pyramid, like you described it, you know, you, you got to have somewhere to get to. Um, and you mentioned all these great series that are out running around and some clubs now that are actually getting involved together, the like um, like we had tr- done before, that are building these programs. And I think the biggest key that we all need to remember um, is, first off, whether you're going to use a rule book like ours or a rule book like any of the other sanctioning bodies that are out there, is that you have to enforce them. Um, and Mm -hmm. with 206 specifically, the guys at Briggs have done a great job with this rule book. Um, it's easy to enforce and we have to do that because as soon as things like that get out of hand, when you have all these racers come together at whatever event it is, that's when, um, we start to have these problems. You know, the, we're not the only series that has guys coming in their pickup trucks or that have guys coming in semi trucks. You know, and having the simple, enforceable rule book levels the playing field. Yeah, 100%. The purity and, and uh, strict nature of the Briggs rule set is key. Anytime, any, I've said this a thousand times, any series that runs a 206 that deviates at all from the Briggs rule set is just making a mistake. Stick with it. Stay consistent from coast to coast. That's what's the great thing about the Briggs Weekly Racing Series. That's what's great about your program. Uh, I love it. Well, you know what, Greg? 
that's been a good interview. This is this has been good. I'm ex- I'm excited, and now I need to go look at your schedule to see when East Lansing. Yeah, no, is. I, well, I, I I would I would love to have you guys. You know, I've always wanted to get you guys to come out to a race, East Lansing. Well, the Grand Nationals, the Grand Nationals is the same weekend as Streets of Lancaster, which we always go to in California. So I don't know. It's I, I'm hating it, but we'll, well see what happens. Maybe David and I'll do a split weekend again sometime. He'll have to go. Well, or or maybe we need to talk to the guys out there, and we'll uh, for next year, and we'll have to try to make sure we don't schedule on top of each other. <laughs> there we go. Let's talk, let's work on that. Hey, Greg, thank you so much for joining us on the EK and Radio Network. I appreciate it. Uh, Operation Grassroots, something near and dear to David and I's heart, and uh, to be able to talk to you guys like this, get this podcast out for people to listen to, and just spread the word of Briggs Two Hundred Six Racing. I want to thank you for joining. Thank you very us. much. Greg Jasperson from Cup Carts North America joining us here on the EKN Radio Network, Operation Grassroots, episode number three. Thank you very much, folks, for tuning in here to the EKN Radio Network. On behalf of Greg and David Cole, I'm Rob Howden. Bye for now. 